we're going to look at the end of Colossians chapter 1, and then we're going to be looking into Colossians chapter 2. We're going to talk about uh, suffering. We're going to hopefully unpack a verse that is sometimes confusing and sometimes misunderstood. As we've already talked about in Colossians chapter 1, there are terms that are used, like firstborn and um, that, that mean first in position, not first in linear time, and that um, also like king of kings, lord of lords, mean that Jesus is supreme, the creator God. It does not mean that Jesus is the same as us. It does not mean that he is a created being. Uh, it does not mean that he has a start time. It does not mean uh, that he is less than fully God. Colossians chapter 1, beginning in verse 24. Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake. And in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is, the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you, to make the word of God fully known, the mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for, the, for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not seen me face to face, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments, for though I am absent in body, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the firmness of your faith in Christ. May God add his blessing to this reading from his holy and inspired word. The Apostle Paul is fulfilling the plan that God had for his life. And uniquely, we are told somewhat in general sense that we, if we follow Christ, will experience persecution. The servant is not above the master, etc. But in this case, there is something very specific that the Apostle Paul has already been told by God, and that is that he will suffer in some specific ways, that he will endure persecution. In Acts 9.16, I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Part of what he knew as well is that he would be preaching the gospel before kings, but he didn't realize when he was told that, as a, the equivalent of a lawyer, basically a, a very well-educated and also elite. We've, we've talked about the fact that it's an argument from silence, but that Paul went to the schools he went to and that Paul had Roman citizenship means he was coming from a background that was privileged. He didn't realize that he'd be witnessing to kings in chains. He'd get to share the good news to kings. I mean, that sounds pretty, pretty cool. And someone said, Jimmy, your ministry will be to presidents. I mean, that, that sounds pretty awesome. 
if you then find out that you're going to be in a supermax detention facility and you're going to have some notes that some presidents are going to have to consider whether or not to let you out, it's not, it's not the same. <laughs> it's not what you would have hoped for when you hear those words. Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body. Wait, what? We have some visitors. I'm really excited you guys are here. Know that I, I ask some rhetorical questions, but they're usually pretty obviously rhetorical. This is not a rhetorical question. I want everyone to go ahead, audience participation. When he says what is lacking in Christ's afflictions, is the Apostle Paul doing something else in his suffering that's going to help pay for any of our sins? No, he is not. He's not. That reading of this has been a sad heresy that I don't think it should be that confusing. Jesus Christ alone lived a perfect and sinless life. Jesus Christ alone paid the punishment we deserved. When he talks about what is lacking in Christ's afflictions, there's multiple interpretations of what that means. But an element of what it means, certainly, is that at this point, Jesus has ascended, and who he has left behind is the church, with the power of the Holy Spirit, and in the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit, people in Colossae are going to experience watching someone suffer on their behalf in person and at a distance. Sorry, Jack, this is moving a little fast. <laughs> uh, in person and at a distance, they're only going to experience that through the church. When we talk about suffering for the Lord, take up your cross and follow Jesus. Take up your cross and follow Jesus to what end? In part, take up your cross and follow Jesus and learn to suffer well for the sake of the gospel. If you suffer for the sake of the gospel, it presents a picture of what Jesus did for us. It also presents a picture that places you into a continuum of saints since Pentecost who have suffered for Christ's name and for his glory, including the benefit, the sake of others. I think who here has read Fox's Book of Martyrs? We'll show hands. Few people, very few people. Uh, check it out on Google. There's some uh, highlights. Uh, Fox's Book of Martyrs is is a really amazing book uh, that was probably extra fascinating. Yeah, if you're a nerdy homeschooler and you haven't gotten to uh, see any of the gore movies and you're reading these accounts, it's it's true accounts of early martyrs in the church dying horrible deaths being shot full of arrows, like target practice, like basically there's no target, it's just this person. Being used as human torches, being fed to lions, be, I mean, just awful, awful stuff. What happened again and again in those stories is that the people who were being murdered, who were being killed, continued to proclaim the name of Jesus even as they were dying, and people who watched them die, came to know Jesus. 
In the worst persecution of the early church, the emperor said, I will make an example of Christians, and I will make sure everyone knows that they can't resist the power of the state, and I'm going to utterly destroy them. And so he would round up 20 Christians, he would kill them publicly, and hundreds of people would come to Christ by watching the way they suffered. Knowing that there's got to be something more than this life that I'm living, because they have something I don't. They're willing to die for what they believe. I want to know more about that. We all will suffer. Every one of us. You can't get away from that. There's uh, Jordan Peterson's really popular right now teaching stoicism, essentially. Just embrace suffering. It makes you stronger. Take a cold shower every morning. Just beat your chest and say, oh, I can do it. That's kind of pointless suffering, by the way. You have a hot water heater, right? It's good. Embracing suffering for its own sake is stupidity. But when you suffer, if you suffer for Christ, then you can take joy in that suffering. So, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? becomes an instrument to demonstrate the love of Christ even to those who he hasn't been able to meet yet. Now, what was Paul's great calling? What gave him joy? His heart is so focused on his own people, the Jewish people. He wants them to be saved. But God opens incredible doors through church ministry and he sees Gentiles getting saved. And he's extremely excited about it and he sees the gospel spreading all over the place and where does when he's writing this letter he expresses it clearly I guess I could say this is not a rhetorical question either where does Paul wish he could go he does want to go to heaven that's a good answer and a true answer where does he want to go in this letter where does he tell them he wishes he could go he wants to see them he wishes he could see them he wishes he could come and see them. He wishes he could talk to them. He wishes he could see them face to face. Why can't he? He's in chains. He's, in, he's locked up. He's in prison. So his heart is for the gospel. His heart is for these people. He wants to see them. He wants to bless them. And all he can offer right now is suffering well. He can care for them, pray for them, encourage them, and offer them teaching from prison. I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you to make the word of God fully known, the mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. So an element of this as well addresses something that we're going to go into more when we go into all of two and some speculation really, but what is assumed to be some of the heretical teachings they fell into. But part of it was that they believed that they had secret knowledge, that there was something special that they could understand that no one else could understand. Hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to the saints. Guys, the gospel, the good news, is not hidden now. But further, in terms of knowing the truth, we have Bible apps on our smartphones. In multiple versions, in multiple languages, you don't have to go to seminary to look at the Greek words. You may need to, to understand them, but they're readily available. 
it is easier to get into the Bible at this point in human history than it ever has been before. And yet, the Bible doesn't mean anything if you're not a Christian. If you take a non-Christian and just say, hey, this is really important, read this. The Holy Spirit, through his power, can open up the Word. There are people, I've, I've actually talked to multiple people, who the way they became a Christian is they, they read the Bible in prison. Now, sadly, if you think about our culture, people saying, I haven't, I've read one book in the last four years. People aren't taking time to do sustained reading, and obviously prison gives you a little bit of a different uh, time commitment, maybe a little less distractions. Got to do your workout and read. But that is a supernatural happening, and generally the way people get saved isn't through reading the Bible on their own, and the reason is that the Bible is foolishness to those whose hearts have not been changed by the power of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't make sense. They can't understand it. They can't apprehend it. They can't hear from God. And over and over, guys, we need the gospel is what we need to be bringing to friends who we love who are like, hey, read this verse. It's awesome. This verse really encouraged me. Guys, we should be sharing that with each other if we're brothers and sisters in Christ. And by the way, your brother and sister in Christ will be fired up, and we're supposed to be studying the word together and encouraging each other. We've talked about that. But when you share it with a lost person, ah, it doesn't really make sense. That person needs the gospel. These mysteries that have been hidden, though, now are revealed to his saints. To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery. This is the mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, we've talked before about the fact that during my quiet time, I've never had a time when I said, God, what do I need to be working on? And I just got two big old cosmic thumbs up. You're good, Clayton. You're doing awesome, man. Can't think of anything to improve. It's impossible to get a higher aid than what you're doing right now. In fact, every single time I come to the Lord and ask, what do I need to work on? The Lord uses the word to show me. Uh, work on that. Mm, you need to work on that. Repent on that. Hey, Clayton, we've gone over this one a whole lot. That, it never is a, an experience where I don't have something else that needs to happen. But guys, I'm telling you, I think for almost all of us, if Colossians 1, end of 27, end of 27, was your quiet time, in some, five days this week, it'd be pretty convicting. So I'm going to read it again and apply this to your life. How great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. If your only interrogation of yourself in quiet time for a week was, is Christ in me the hope of glory? Are other people seeing that? Is that happening? Asking yourself that and then asking God to make that happen within you. Him we proclaim. Is that happening? Him we proclaim. Is that talking about our words? Of course it is. Well, Clayton, I think it's also talking about our deeds. Of course it is. When you hear someone say, though, oh, it's all about deeds, no one needs to use words. It's not true. By the way, wouldn't Jesus have done that? 
If you didn't need words, the teachings of Jesus. Unfortunately, he just did a lot of cool actions, and we can't really record anything he said, because it was just a lot of service-loving, made a lot of bread and fish. No! Of course there's actions, but there are words. We proclaim, warning everyone. Guys, warning everyone. I've heard, and, and some of you are still around the UT campus, okay? I've heard people criticize the guys with the bullhorns. You're going to hell! It always sounds kind of like they're working in a drive-thru too, which isn't great. I, don't, they can, I guess they can't afford a PA system in their ministry, but... You are a sinner, sir! You're a sinner! Listen, what they're doing, I don't think is an effective way of sharing the gospel. I don't recommend it. I'm annoyed by it, honestly, because I just think, oh man, you got zeal, but mm, this isn't their best way. But I'll tell you this, I think that they are closer to the way that we are supposed to be than most people who go to church in the way they live their lives. Kobe Bryant died today. Kobe Bryant is not in any of my sermon notes. Didn't, didn't think I'd talk about him. I actually thought about Kobe Bryant last night because LeBron passed him on the scoring list. I wonder what Kobe's doing. He just died today. He was 41 years old. He'd written a best-selling book, done some music stuff. He's one of the greatest athletes of my lifetime. And incredibly wealthy. Died in a helicopter crash. None of us have any idea how long we have. We do not know how long we'll be on this earth. And when it says, Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. The reason that most of us don't encounter persecution is because we're not obeying the command to go and make disciples by sharing the good news, which starts with warning everyone. Warning you're going to hell if you don't know Jesus. Oh, I don't like hearing that. Don't tell me that. I don't... Mm, not, I'm not really... I'm more of a fan of the love wind, kind of... Everyone gets to go to heaven when they die. Well, that's a lie. Everyone does not go to heaven when they die. In fact, most people go to hell when they die. We should be about sharing the good news. And to do that, we start with the bad news. That we all are sinners who, because of our sin, deserve hell. So, this is also an argument against Colossians 1, the last verse, 29. Quietism, all the let go and let God. It's, it's just about having a good time of yoga and letting go. None of us do anything. It's all God. It's, it's 0% me, 100% God. So I just release myself. And I just sit here. If God wants someone to get saved, they're going to fall on top of me while I'm meditating. That's not a biblical picture of Christianity. For this, I toil, struggling with all my energy. Is that what it says? For this, I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works in me. So a person trying in their own strength to earn salvation will always fail, will never come close to the mark, will struggle and beat their head against the wall again and again and again. But the mystery, Christ in you, the hope of glory, is that because his love compels us 
because of his strength, because of his power, because of what he's done for us, now we toil mightily. We embrace suffering that he calls us to. We move forward joyfully with patience when we are in hard circumstances. Now, chapter 2, where I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not seen me face to face. He wants to be there with them. Why? He wants to be there with them that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery. Now, let's go back to what we talked about before about our prayers and what our prayers are like. Guys, imagine that you're going to miss a trip. For, for those of you who are young enough to remember spring break, imagine it's a spring break trip. Man, I wanted to go on that spring break trip, and I'm missing it. Transportation, your car caught on fire. You, you got the flu or the coronavirus or whatever. You're missing this trip, okay? Oh, man, I wish I could have been with you guys. I really just, I, I miss the trip that I was planning on going to spring break trip with my friends. I have a struggle in my heart because I miss so much being with them. I wanted so much to be with them face to face. Because, dot, dot, dot. Fill that in with your actual life and then compare it to that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Man, I really wanted to hang out with you guys. Why? Well, I mean, I mean, Am I being honest? Parasailing? I mean, if we're, if we're really being honest? You know, I really wanted to hang out with you guys because I, I wanted to encourage you and point you towards Jesus. And I wanted to talk about the things of Christ. And I wanted to talk about the Bible because that's the most important things. Those are the things that last for eternity. Those are the things that matter. I missed a chance to encourage you face to face. How many meetings do you think we're missing the boat on that? Where we're with someone face-to-face and we have a lunch or a dinner or a breakfast. We have a work meeting. We have a basketball game we go to. And when the other person leaves, do we encourage them? Do we encourage them spiritually? Good to see you, man. Good to see you. Uh, good hang, buddy. Yeah, uh, man, you've been losing some weight. Looking good, champ. This is talking about spiritual encouragement. It's talking about pointing people to Jesus. If you can go and hang with your buddy for a couple of hours and you never talk about the things of Christ, you're missing the mark. Christ in you, the hope of glory, the mystery that we can share. I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments. For though I am absent in body, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the firmness of your faith in Christ. So, we all are going to suffer. All of us will. John Piper, uh, the Protestant Pope, if you're unfamiliar, Bethlehem Baptist for many years, uh, now retired, 
John Piper told a sermon many years ago about, um, it was an illustration that he had heard about a guy who's in India who was a missionary. He had toiled for a very long time, very unsuccessfully, uh, to share the, the gospel with Hindus. Um, and he'd gone a long way, and his transportation had had issues, and he ended up walking. His, his footwear was inadequate. He came and finally got to the village where he was seeking to share the gospel, and people completely rejected him. Rejected him to the point where he feared for his safety, and they, they told him that they wouldn't hurt him if he left, so he left. He got up and kind of staggered out of town. But in trying to get there, he had hurt his feet. And so at this point, he's on the side of the road, and he takes off his, his footwear, and he basically passes out under a tree. And when he wakes up, there's a bunch of people there from the village. And they said, we know that we were wrong because you have suffered to be here with us. And we see your blisters and we see the brokenness in your feet. And you must be a holy man. Tell us why you have come. That's what the Apostle Paul is talking about here. That is the kind of suffering that we are to undergo for Christ that we're so desperate for them to know Jesus that we're willing to suffer on their behalf. We're willing to walk when it hurts. We're willing to take up our cross. We're willing to go outside of our comfort zone, which for some of us can be just as simple as saying, do you have a church you like? or Do you know what's going to happen when you die? Ruth, I'm so proud of you hearing you share the good news of the gospel with people while you're driving them. I found that prison ministry is one of the most enjoyable times of talking to people because they can't run away. So <laughs> if, you're, if you're their driver, right, they have to listen to you at least until they get where they're going. When people ask, when people ask, it's a great time to share. Yeah. Absolutely. So for all of us, Christ is in you if you know him. If you're not a Christian, please, let's talk about that. Because you are the people who we want to suffer on behalf of to share the good news. We love you, and Jesus loves you, and we want you to know him. But if you know him, suffer on his behalf. Warn others. Work, not with your energy, but with his energy, on behalf of others. And when you struggle to be with someone and you want to be with them, and you've been praying for them, and you've been praying for the opportunity. A huge conviction of this for me is how, how much do I pray about relationships versus just living out relationships? Do I pray before I have a phone call and say, like, I'm going to set up a meeting? I've, I've had a bit, not a ton, a bit of pushback, persecution, from people I've asked for money for my political campaign who don't know Jesus. Because as soon as I can tell they don't know Jesus, I want to tell them about Jesus. They've expressed quite clearly that they don't, they don't like that. But guys, what matters more? The political stuff doesn't matter at all compared to Jesus. That matters more than anything. But when you talk to somebody who's rich and 50 and they view you as the person who needs something from them, because you do in the financial world, when you tell them that this life is not all there is and being rich doesn't satisfy... It's not, it's, not a, uh, it's not a comfortable conversation for either of you. But 
we warn. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this, we, Lawndale Community Church, toil, struggling with all His energy that He powerfully works within us. Let's pray. Lord, we desire to be ministers of the gospel who are willing to suffer for your name's sake. We desire to go to people who have never seen anyone willing to suffer on their behalf that they might know you. We want to be that person. We want to prayerfully think of others. We want to prayerfully consider our time, our meetings, and we want to be encouragements. We don't want to waste our suffering. We want it to be suffering that brings you glory. Suffering that has a purpose and a plan. We, unlike Paul, don't know how it ends. And for precious few of us, absent huge changes in America, it's not going to end in our martyrdom. But Lord, we pray that we will be willing to take up our crosses, to mortify ourselves, and to die to our flesh every day. That when we choose between what we want to do and what you want us to do, that that won't be a choice at all. Because of you, because of your strength, because of your power, because of your love, that we will be compelled to obey. Lord, give us wisdom as we warn others. Prompt us in our hearts when it's the right time to share. We think about people dying quickly like Kobe Bryant, and none of us know how long we have. Give us a zeal to share before it's too late with those who don't yet know you. Please bless this mentor meal time tonight. Folks can connect. And Lord, make it a time of encouragement as well. And we'll be careful to give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen.